Today, I'd like to welcome Robert Kravitz, the president of Altura Solutions, a communications agency specializing in the cleaning industry and a good friend of mine as well. Robert, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you for calling me a good friend. I really appreciate that. It's an honor to be on your show. You're doing such a great service for the professional cleaning industry. It's an honor. Thank you so much. Appreciate that, Robert. And hopefully today we'll create some content that will be beneficial to those watching. One thing, Robert, I notice about your work is you're really good at connecting people and companies in the industry. I don't know if you ever saw yourself that way as a connector. Maybe you do, but you provide really cool thought leadership content. You serve your clients well. And I have to wonder, you probably didn't start out in PR. What's your background? Very quickly, my my history. When I was 17 years old, I was going to the University of New Mexico, and I had to support myself. So they gave me a job cleaning the oldest building on campus, and that was the beginning of my cleaning career. But um, I had three companies in Northern California. Uh, The first one was the largest. I had that about 18 years. And um, when I sold it, it had about 80 customers. It it sounds bigger than it is. A lot of them were one and two. The clients are cleaning one and twice a week. But we did have some small office buildings, and it was a good-sized medium company. The second one I had for one year, almost to the day. And um, what happened with that company? I got a number of branches of Bank of America. There was a big bank north of San Francisco, that's where I was based, um, called West America Bank. And I got all their branches and their headquarters office. And when that happened, another company came to me and they they wanted those banks. So they offered to buy me out everything. And I sold it to them. And uh, Jeff, all I did for about six months after that was watch Perry Mason reruns. And I have to tell you, it still was the best six months of my life. <laughs> it was It was fun. I really enjoyed that break. Then the third one was I had for about nine years, and uh, that one ran pretty smoothly. I had learned a lot by then, and that was a good business. So that's my history in the cleaning industry. Okay. So it's interesting because not everyone involved in PR work and communications understands the industry like you do. I come from a background where I did the work as well, ran companies, and it's a good perspective to have. So I I can see that as you write for uh, the different ISSA publications. And as uh, we work on projects together, it's it's good to see that ins that insider's view. And Robert, if I ever need to ask you a trivia question about Perry Mason, you're my man. <laughs> I'm the man. I'm here. All right. Anything you want to ask? Well, anyway. I, I love Perry Mason too. I think most people do. But let, let's talk about this, Robert. Um, you've seen ups and downs in your career with your businesses, you know, I did as well. I think anyone who's been in business a period of time has seen that happen. And there's people that talk about an economic downturn coming up. Maybe it's happening. Some companies might be like, we don't see it yet, but they they fear it. In your experience, what happens to the contract cleaning industry during recessions? First thing I wanna to say to cleaning contractors out there, small, medium, and large, Don't panic. Don't worry. My businesses actually grew during recessions. I remember the 1991 recession. It turned out very successful for me. 
But here are some of the things that are going to happen. The first thing you're going to see, if the recession, especially if it's long and a fairly severe one, everybody and their grandmother is going to go into the cleaning business. After all, all you need is a vacuum cleaner, a mop, a bucket, and you're in the cleaning business. That's wrong, of course. But you're going to see a lot of people get inside in the business. Don't worry about those people. As soon as things pick up, they're going to be moving on. But here's something I've seen firsthand. Recessions tend to shake things up. People want to make changes. I remember very well, I got a client uh, in the Bay Area that um, it was a wonderful account. It was a wonderful, big office. And um, after a few months, she told me, I was talking to her, and she said, um, you know, we're paying you more than we were paying the last company. But um, she said, I just wanted to make a change. So the recession triggers people to make changes. But most people, if they're making change, it's because of price. Now, I had a policy, I just want to say in the cleaning business, I never asked my prospects, we're dealing with prospects now, how much do you pay for cleaning? What's your budget for cleaning? They don't like that, Jeff. It, it's awkward. I advise people not to do that. However, in a recession, especially if they call you, yeah, I would go, um, may I ask you, you know, times are a little tough right now. Are you trying to cut back on your expenses? Invariably, the building manager or the office manager will tell you, yes, my boss says we got to cut, go through everything. Where can we cut? Where? And they often, it used to be at the top of the list, janitorial, but now they know cleaning and health are very connected, connected. So it's not necessarily at the top of the health. But anyway, you can ask it them now. Okay. If they said, yes, we're trying to cut uh, expenses, now you've got to think like the customer. You've got to start thinking, how can I help this prospect save some money? Perfect example. In 1991, we got a bunch of office locations of DHL. DHL is like FedEx. They, we just don't hear about them so much. And they have all these 10, 15 offices around the Bay Area, and they were all being cleaned five nights a week. So... I went to look at them. I saw about six of them. And I told my contact there who had called me to make the proposal, I don't think these locations need to be cleaned five nights a week. So I sent him a proposal for cleaning three nights a week, some two nights a week, some even one night a week. It cut their cleaning costs so much, I have to say, he didn't even want to give the other company 30 days notice. I don't know if he told them, you know, Come to me and give me a, a better price. Say what you can do to lower your prices. But those prices, I, I lowered their prices. And that account lasted for years, no problem. They did not have to queen, be queen five nights a week. Then what I'm suggesting to your viewers is you've got to start thinking outside the box. In the 80s, I came up with something called concentrated queening. Now, that's more common today but I would write right into the proposal, we're gonna establish a concentrated cleaning program for you. So what's concentrated cleaning? Perfect example, we had this five-story building in San Francisco, it was a daily associates, an advertising company had the whole building. So Monday we would come in, we would detail clean the first floor, Tuesday, the second floor, Wednesday, the third floor. When I first proposed this to them, I wasn't really even sure if it would reduce our time. 
but it did. I submitted a bid that was about 25% lower than what they were paying, but you know what? It worked out. We were in that building about 25 to 30% less than if we had cleaned the whole building, top to bottom, full service. Now, the third thing I'd like to suggest, uh, if you went to this year's ISSA show, you, every other booth was a robot doing this or that. <laughs> the cleaning industry has got to robotize. If you're a cleaning contractor, you've got to start thinking robots. And um, it saves time. As soon as the machine's paid for, it's all dividends. Again, an example. I live in a 28-story office apartment building. It's a long, it's, it's a it's a long building, it's almost a block long. I hear the maintenance guy start vacuuming the hallway uh, twice a week, and it takes him a good 20 minutes to vacuum that whole hallway. Jeff, he could, a robot could do that whole hallway. There's no obstacles in 10 minutes. And then they just move it to the next floor. This means the maintenance guy could do other work in the building or, you know, the building is, is a business. May may decide they don't need as many cleaning people, which will cut costs. Anyway, the point I'm trying to make is you've got to think out outside the box to save your customers some money during a recession. So those are three suggestions for you. Those are excellent. Oh, good stuff. Um, good thoughts. And those watching, if they were to just take a few ideas and implement them, they'll see good results. So appreciate you sharing that. Thank you. Um, Thank you. So good conversation about a possible recession, but you know what, even in normal times, those could be good ideas. doesn't have oh, to be. Yes. Mm -hmm. Especially the robots. The time has come. The time has come. That's all there yeah. is to it. Yeah. I was impressed as well with the amount and the, the variety and the technology of the robotic yeah. equipment. So it's advanced uh, so much. Yeah, we're, we're going to see, I think, more robotic equipment doing things we haven't thought of yet. Who knows? Well, if I could see the future, that'd be, I don't know, it might be scary. There are... um, go, go so, so let's pivot. Instead of talking about the practical points of running a business and the robots and the concentrated cleaning, all that, let's talk about getting some business, marketing. So do you have some suggestions for cleaning contractors, things they can do to improve their marketing to get the attention of the marketplace and land more contracts? Yes, I do. I, it doesn't matter how you're marketing. LinkedIn, social media, telemarketing, cold calls where you actually walk the streets. That's what I did in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. That's how I built three businesses You've got to get disciplined. Now, I'm marketing is a discipline. I'll tell you what I did, and you can apply this to any way you're marketing. I used to put 10 cards in my pocket, and I wouldn't go back to my office until I had called on 10 locations. Even if you just call on the receptionist, you leave your card with her, that's the call. Now, if you're having a good day, it's a beautiful day, you get a couple of people that say, yes, uh, we're looking or we will be looking in January. You can give us a bit. Add five more cards. But you've got to make marketing a discipline. You've got to go out there and make it happen. And what I would do, I would do, choose Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and I would start marketing at 930 in the morning, usually be done about 11 o'clock. Monday is not the best day and Friday is definitely not a good day. Mm -hmm. So those three days of the week, you have to know something, no matter how you're marketing. 
the first call is going to be the most difficult. I would drive 40 minutes to some industrial park that I wanted to make calls on. And Jeff, sometimes I couldn't, I couldn't get the door open. I was full of fear. I don't know what would come over me. So you may think I'm crazy or some of your viewers may be think I'm crazy, but I would sit in that car and I would start talking to myself. You're the best salesperson in the cleaning industry. This is going to be a great day. You're going to get a new client today. Go out there, make it happen. And you know what? I was able to open door, the door. And still, the first call is often the hardest. Sometimes I'd walk into the first office and uh, I would stutter a little. And so that was a little rough. Then the second uh, office it would be a little better. The third office, a little even better. By the fourth office, Jeff, now you're out there meeting people. It becomes fun. You enjoy making the calls. And when marketing becomes fun, that's when you get to be successful. So um, discipline, realize the first one's going to be the hardest one. Okay, and here's one more thing. I had a policy, and I recommend this to all the cleaning contractors. Don't take any phone calls before you go marketing. You've got to be positive. You've got to be clear. You've got to be excited about your business. Let's face it. If you get a call at 7.30 in the morning in the cleaning business, it means somebody didn't show up for work. Somebody couldn't get in their building. Somebody lost their keys. A customer's not happy. They didn't do this or they didn't do that. All of those things can wait till a little later in the day. If you can, what I suggest, if, if you're big enough, hire a couple of people in the office. That's what I did with the first company. But if not, get somebody that works out of their home. It's very common today. I had a one way, she was terrific. She would take the calls. She knew all the supervisors. She knew all the people. She handled everything. The point I'm trying to make is you want to stay clear and positive when you go out there walking on the streets. So I think that's what I have to offer on those tips. Good tips. You mentioned something that I enjoy, um, LinkedIn and posting content that's relevant, that is helpful. So let's talk about social media for a second. What are your thoughts on using social media for marketing? Cleaning contractors are unique because they're both business to business and business to consumer. I know of a company here in the Chicago area. They did a really nifty video. They put it on TikTok. They put it on Instagram. And it didn't happen overnight. But then they started getting calls. And people say, I saw your cool video. And hey, we're we're taking this. Come on in. So don't exclude those. But as you get bigger, you're going to be want to use LinkedIn. That's the B2B platform you've got to be on. So here's how I suggest using it. Now, when I was in the business, there was no LinkedIn. But I use LinkedIn now in my own business. And here's how I apply it to the cleaning industry. You've got to develop a marketing list. To do that, you go. You have to upgrade to Sales Navigator. It's costly, but they've added. They're constantly adding features. You do searches for the area you want to uh, call on. Filters, office manager, building manager, building developers, building owners, whatever, and you develop a marketing list. Okay. You can download that or you cut and paste the whole marketing quest. Get 100 or 200 names. 
Okay. Next, you develop what I call a warm script. A warm script is positive. It's not promos not promotional. It's uh, personal. I have a warm script I'm going to talk about in a second. I'm going to read to you. But you want a warm script. And now you've got your script. You've got your marketing list. Now you're going to go to your marketing list and look at the first person. Scan that person's profile. First of all, you got to qualify that person. Maybe they're not a, a building manager. Maybe they're not someone to call in. But if they are, read their profile. See if you can tactfully connect with anything. Example, I contacted this company in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Well, I was born in Albuquerque. So I just mentioned to him, you know, I was born in Albuquerque and you're a few blocks from where I used to live. I just mentioned it. It builds a connection. It builds a connection. And that's what we want to do. All right. Now we're going to start sending that out. And I'm going to read you an example I wrote down. And then we'll go through that example. Okay. Is this like a warm script for a cold call? Correct. Okay. Correct. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, you're going to have a subject line and you're going to have uh, the body of the message, just like almost like an email. Here's what I put together. Nothing is in stone. We'll talk more about that in a second. But the subject line I wrote, would love to help. Hi, Jill, if Jill is the person we're contacting. I have a contract cleaning company maintaining several facilities in your area. We're looking to take on a couple of new clients. Most of our clients have been with us for years. I would love to see if we could help you with your janitorial needs. Do you have a few minutes to chat in the next week or two? Looking forward to it, Robert. Okay, let's just dissect this a bit. I'm from the old school. I don't use the word love that much, but young people and millennials use it all the time. I've read since I write, love is a warm word, and we're writing a warm script. So use it once or twice, just once or twice, no more. I maintain, we maintain several facilities in your area. When I was in San Francisco area, I couldn't use that because we were all over the place. But I used to live in Atlanta, and I was going to start another business there. And in places like Atlanta, where it takes an hour and a half to get with the traffic from one area of the town to another, people want to know, are you in our area? You know, it's important to them. So if you are calling in a certain area and you have most of your clients in that area, mention that. We are looking to take on a couple of new clients. I would add that because it says you're subjective. You know, I don't want that dumpster cleaning company on the corner. I want your office. It's a beautiful office. We want to make it even more beautiful and healthier. So mention that. You're subjective. We've been in, we've had customers for years. I don't know what the stats are right now. Everything's changed so much, but it used to be every people were thinking of changing cleaning companies every two or three years. And it's just, if you write that we've had clients for years, it says, well, the prospects think, well, they must be doing a good job. Uh, they must have a fair price. I'll talk to them. Why not? Then make sure you say, do you have a few minutes to chat? No one wants to get on the phone with somebody for 30 or 40 minutes. And if they say, yeah, in their LinkedIn message, yeah, how about if we talk on uh, Tuesday at 10 a.m.? Send them a calendar notice and make sure you set it for 10 minutes. 
it's just safe, makes it safer, safer, safer. You want them to feel safe and comfortable. And then I always end it with looking forward to it. The truth of the matter is that's that's your call to action. I'm looking forward to making this call. I'm looking forward to meeting you. I'm looking to forward if I we can help you with your janitorial needs. So what I just would like to add, send out about 20 or 20 of these and wait a little while and then make some changes and then send out another 20. The subject line is very important. Experiment changing the subject line. The content will probably suffice, but try different subject lines. In social media, you're always A-B testing. You're always going to be A-B testing. So nothing is in stone here. I would just like to make three more points. This is not a one-time deal. When I would cold call, I would call on the same locations three and four months later. Usually it would be the same receptionist. It was the same office manager. I'd say, Jill, how are you doing? I was in your area, and I just wanted to say hi, and here's my card again. How's everything going? How's business? What a beautiful day. You just want to keep in contact with those people. Every three or four months, you call on them again. Something I suggest is share updates. I see behind you ISSA Today. Say there's an article on ISSA Today that shows that when workers realize all the steps companies are taking and buildings are taking to make their facilities clean and healthy, the result is more of them are willing to come back to work. So you see that in ISSA today, you say, equip it out or PDF, say, Jill, this is nice today, the Bible for the cleaning industry. And it talks about people going back to work and they know their facilities are clean and healthy. I thought you might be interested in. Share it with her. Jeff, she'll remember you. She'll remember you. And that's the goal here. And then you have to have three goals with marketing. These aren't financial goals. And this applies to a small company, a medium-sized, a large company that has salespeople. You've got to keep finding ways to stay connected. Most important, you've got to be disciplined. You've got to be disciplined about it. Marketing is a discipline. And you just have to keep finding ways to stay in touch, stay in touch, stay in touch. All I can say is I've built three companies from zilch, no clients, and all three uh, did well. Uh, what I used to say about the cleaning industry, rain or shine, good times or bad times, it always took care of me. It's a darn good business, and uh, everyone can do well if they stick to some of these points I made. I'm going to task you with think up a couple more, and we'll do another episode. So if you're willing to accept it, We'll do it. I may even share a secret that's just between me, you, and the lamppost. And that is, nobody's listening. Jeff, when you go out marketing, you got to have a gimmick. Anyway, I'll leave you waiting for that one. That could be our next topic. <laughs>